Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number 23 of Dualist Unity. I am here now, and that is all I know. Anything beyond that, can't really be sure of. And, and what that even means, I can't really be sure of. But I think that's where the fun happens, is understanding that that is the extent of what I know. And what that means is going to differ for everyone, depending on how much they know that's all they know. Everything outside of that kind of kind of cuts them off from recognizing that as clearly as you possibly can and everything that comes with that recognition that I'm just here now. And I don't care how well I'm doing on that trajectory, just that I am doing on that trajectory. And I think that's really important to understand. Like it's so very tempting on the road to understanding that you are already what you want to be to stop at any point in that road and go, but how am I doing? Because then immediately your brain creates a story and a narrative that evaluates your progress, compares it to what it assumes, but everybody else. And now you are back in the fiction of how you think you're doing rather than in the doing, which is where all of your progress starts to get slowed down or even stop. Sometimes you'll even slide backwards depending on how much you commit to that narrative of how you're doing. And that will always be there. That temptation to solve that sense of uncertainty will always be there because your brain is always trying to figure out who you are, what's going on, what's going to happen next. And all of that is trying to help you survive. But in doing so, it's building a protective shell around you that becomes your prison and stops you from continuing on with your journey. That all said, community topics number 23 always blows my mind how quickly these go by. This week's topics, as voted on by our fantastic community, are spiritual psychosis and self-discipline. I like the fact that these two topics ended up being the top voted topics this week because they fit together actually really well. and we're going to get into that a little bit more. I want to talk about spiritual psychosis specifically because there's a lot of, of similarities between spiritual psychosis and quote-unquote awakening to the point where psychology actually doesn't see a difference because they're not actually that far off. And what I mean is that spiritual psychosis or mystical psychosis or even a spiritual awakening, they all have this one part of it, which is the unification with everything around you and the breaking down of conceptual walls. So it's very difficult to tell the difference between spiritual psychosis and a genuine awakening because they're the same thing to a point. And it's important to understand that what makes the difference is what you do in that moment with what you're seeing. And they will say this about the difference between spiritual psychosis and a spiritual awakening that The spiritual psychosis is the development of a toxic ego in the awakening process. Whereas awakening is the development of yourself, not your idea of yourself, but your sense of self as the here and now. So spiritual psychosis is essentially like any other psychosis. It's thinking that your thoughts, that the narrative that your brain is creating is the truth. And the danger there is that it feels really good because it solves that problem of uncertainty. And that's where the temptation to to dive deeper into that narrative comes from. And that's the beginning of spiritual psychosis. So I won't go any further for now. I'm going to pass it to Andrew. 
Yeah, this is a uh, very interesting one. And I like that we started out with how similar they are and how close they are because that that illusion, that idea of yourself that that runs rampant in our society, taken as truth, can still infiltrate something that apparently allows you to let go of that, to see yourself in more things. It can still arise in that, even if you have you know, a, a split second or a moment of recognizing that you're not what you think you are, the next moment you can identify as someone who recognizes that they're not what they think they are. And that's where the danger comes in. That's why when we say, you know, always stand on the ball, like always towing that line, it's not the the sort of effort-based egotistical way of staying on the ball is typically portrayed. It's just always understanding that 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 identity can arise and be taken as truth in any situation. So you have to be mindful of the brain's desire to attach to certainty, especially regarding the idea of you. And so spiritual psychosis is a way in which despite recognizing maybe something a little bit deeper, maybe you know awakening to a degree, it's a desire for us to be certain about what that means and to be certain about what reality is and how we fit into it. And so we build this narrative about ourselves that understands reality. We, we get things more deeply than other people. And so it's still in this world of ego and comparison, desire for control, desire for certainty. It just has a, I don't know, prettier coding that kind of sounds like what we talk about, but as long as there's you doing it and it means something about you, it gives you value and therefore may diminish your value when someone questions it. And that's why, you know, the defense mechanisms come up. The teal swans get super defensive when they're questioned in that way, because she's experiencing spiritual psychosis. She's recognizing things. Sure. But it's her recognizing them as opposed to being willing to let go of that opposed to being willing to let go of the the newer, prettier prison that they're existing within. They see it as doing something differently when it's just the same type of thing as being very lost in your ego and the perception of division. It's very similar to that. It's just, you know, expressed a little bit differently. That just sounds a little bit more similar to, to a more genuine awakening. Absolutely. I would even go so far as to say spirituality is psychosis as it's normally practiced because it becomes another narrative. It becomes another interpretation that we attach to and we identify with and we hold on to for a sense of certainty rather than coming back to the reality of it's just you here now experiencing something that is reflective of you here now, which is far more profound when you have the ability to take that in without settling on an answer just for the sake of false certainty. But this is it, is that often what happens because reality is so much and because we are taught to rely on the ego as a way of controlling that sense of uncertainty that goes with reality, we are almost primed for escapism. It doesn't matter 
what that escapism might be. It could be religion. It could be politics. It could be uh, the way you dress. It could be how much money you have. One way or another, you're looking for a way to escape reality into an idea of yourself. And it's going to make you feel better and more valuable and less uncertain. And you can compare yourself and compete and do all that stuff. You're back in, in the dualistic illusion is what I'm saying. And so with spiritual psychosis, what happens is that we suffer to a point where we finally hit that wall where we're just done suffering and we recognize our identity and we go, that's not the truth. I've been holding on to this. And then we become uncomfortable with what remains because we're not used to what remains. We're never there. We're always in that fiction, right? And so instead of pursuing that path in reality, we create another fiction. We repurpose our identity to fit in with our new view, with our new assumption that we've settled on. And then we just go right back down the same path. And it's just because, again, the alternative is an entirely different way of living. The alternative is not knowing what to do moving forward. And that's the biggest danger about all of this, right? Is that we are so used to living in our head. We are collectively invested in normalizing psychosis. That when we're not in a state of psychosis, we don't know what to do. We don't understand that we can just do without the fiction of ourselves driving us towards something or away from something. We don't understand that because we don't spend any time in it, except when we're children. And when we're children, we're judged by adults for being in reality and not taking their fictions more seriously. And so we learn to take their fictions more seriously. And then we take our own fictions more seriously and we grow up in that system. And eventually it comes to the point where even when you have a moment of clarity that your fiction is just a fiction, you create another fiction about recognizing that. Yeah, we talk about this all the time, but a society that's so lost in illusions and, and beliefs and narratives thinks that not having one is a belief. And so when people may recognize this, you know, letting go of, of their attachments, recognizing that concepts are never the truth, as much as in the situation where someone doesn't hold on to any beliefs and it's believed to be a belief, letting go of the idea of yourself, you immediately think that must mean something about you. And, and you build another narrative on top of the lack of, of narratives, which is, which is just fascinating, but that's how it goes. And that's oftentimes what we do. And what all this comes down to is, is being in reality here now without so many narratives, but we're so caught in trying to define everything and, and believing that the description is the described of ourselves, of reality, that when we have a, an instance where we recognize that it isn't, we think we, we get back into concepts so quickly. And, and it's like an avoidance of the discomfort that comes from sitting in that, sitting in that uncertainty and that raw uncertainty. And as Ray said, because we never... We never really have any experience in sitting in uncertainty and doing something for the sake of doing it. We're so caught in ideas and concepts that we think that everything has to be done for an ulterior motive, for another reason. And so we can't sit in a space that 
is just doing something for the sake of doing something because the idea of us doesn't exist there. And so it's that avoidance of the uncertainty really, I think is what it comes down to with so many things in our lives, not the least of which being spiritual psychosis. I guess that's any, any psychosis is the avoidance of uncertainty, the reliance upon concepts to define something that's undefinable, but we, we do it anyway. And it's become so normalized that we think that that's the way things actually are, that we think things are the way we think they are. And it's just about understanding they never are that, but in a state of spiritual psychosis, it's, it's just a sort of reframed type of psychosis not too different than what everyone else is experiencing all the time, taking their idea of themselves to be the truth, but it's almost in this in-between state where it just has to do, the narrative just has to do with something maybe closer to the truth, but because it defines you, just because it defines you, it's not it. You're back lost in the conceptual illusion. Again, it just comes back to whether or not what you're doing defines you. And, and recognizing whether or not that defines you because it's double-edged sword always clinging to that identity. It's a prison, no matter what. There is no such thing as a non-limiting belief. And so as we cling to any of those beliefs, it puts us back in a state of psychosis. And when it has to do with some of the stuff that you know we're talking about pretty often, gets labeled as spiritual psychosis. It's really interesting because psychosis is so very difficult to, to detect because we're the ones dictating what is real. And so the only way for us to really see when we're caught up in it is through watching our emotions with a certain degree of self-honesty, because your emotions are very much connected to the perception of yourself in the universe that you want to settle on. You will become defensive. You will become distracted. You will experience cognitive dissonance whenever something is threatening that perspective. And if you're aware of that, then you can recognize when you're caught in something. Oh, I'm lashing out. Oh, I'm defending myself. Oh, I'm scared of that being threatened. All of this is indicative that you're holding on to a narrative that's not true and that you know isn't true, but that has a benefit. And you are so wrapped up in that benefit that you don't want to look at the cost. That's the danger of psychosis, is that we want it to be true. And so to us, it is. And that's why it's so hard to get out of. There was a movie review that we did in the last two months uh, about the movie Instinct. And there was a scene in that movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. where he is, he's a counselor and he's talking to his patient and his patient is suffering from psychosis. She is absolutely convinced that the Pope has been kidnapped and is being held somewhere in the world that only she knows. And she's totally convinced about this because, because, of course, it defines her. You see how special it makes her to know this information when everybody else in the world in the world is against her? And so Theo, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, takes a page out of a magazine and puts it face down on the desk. And rather than showing it to her, he just asks, isn't it possible that this is a picture of the Pope taken only last week showing him fine, alive and well in the Vatican. They never turned the piece of paper over. That wasn't the point. The point was the willingness to question the narrative, the willingness to question the psychosis. That's what gets us out of it. 
is our willingness to question it. But it always feels so good to be in a pleasant illusion. It's so important to recognize that. You know, like having a profound insight about duality, let's just say, and if it's a deep insight about duality, about duality being the nature of existence, you've never had this insight, all of a sudden it just opens itself up in front of you and you're looking at all of the universe in your mind and just going, oh, wow, it really is just one side and the other, making each other relevant. And it dawns on you. And then you recognize all of the myths and all of the legends that have ever been told very much revolve around this apparent duality. So I just wanted to take a quick moment here to announce that we have our California mini retreat coming up on April 11th to April 15th. And it's going to be a blast. There's no agenda. There's no thing that you got to try to be or become. Just time to express yourself. Time to be yourself. Time to find out. What is it to be myself? Can I really just do that? Can I really just let go? Can I really just show up without any preparation whatsoever to every situation that I get into with a bunch of people doing the same and a bunch of games to play as you do it? We're going to play some pool. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to shoot the breeze. We're going to hang out. It's the dopest sleepover that you could possibly go to. And you can join us and save $150 by using code BIGBEAR150 at dualisticunity.com. Just go to the California mini retreat details. You'll find it in the navigation bar. Enter the coupon code, and you can use this coupon code in addition to your already existing Patreon discount. Very much looking forward to seeing you there. But that's not enough, because where do you sit inside this new greater context? And this is where all of a sudden you get the urge to think of yourself as being a, an energetic being on another, on another level of existence, fighting against the evil to balance out the darkness and all this stuff. And it becomes another narrative when the fact is, is that you're still just here right now with more context, with a slightly larger view. It doesn't change you. It doesn't change your value. It changes your experience unless you maintain the experience you've been having this whole time, which is psychosis, which is the idea that your thoughts are real. And that's what we do. We see that wider world, we see that larger universe, we get a clearer picture and we become frightened and we narrow it down to something that's easily digestible for our ego because it's what we're used to. Yeah, so it really does just come down to a willingness to question, like we talk about so much, just a willingness to question what you believe to be the truth is, what you believe that you know even, even might be true willing to recognize that what you think might be true is only ever going to be a fragment of the reality of what's true. It's never going to be the whole thing, but we settle upon these ideas that, you know, it is the whole thing. And we've gotten to a point in our society where people just defend belief, not even any specific belief, but just the idea of belief that allows us to stay in our comfortable illusions. Because even if someone isn't super religious, but they still have certain beliefs about the idea of themselves. And, you know, I'll, I'll chat to them or chat with them about religion and, and they'll get on the very much the defensive side of religion because they're defending the ability to be lost in an illusion. And it's just about recognizing that none of them are the truth, including the one about you. But if you have a, a more comfortable illusion that you're existing within, 
you're not going to want to question that as much. And so when you, when you get to a place of feeling a lot better about yourself than you used to, and, and you're feeling very spiritual and connected and all that, and, and you're not willing to question that, it will inevitably lead to a state of psychosis. And going beyond that, even because our society is so wrapped up in illusions, we almost don't even recognize that it's possible to live outside of it. We really don't. And that's why I love that we're having this conversation because a lot of people come to us and you know, we've said it in the past, like you're speaking a language that I didn't know I was fluent in because they didn't recognize that anyone was actually talking about this because everyone, everyone they talk to when they start having certain recognitions, they're like, oh, you're you're a star seed. You must be from an intergalactic planet. You're, you're special. You're so special because they're trying to sue themselves because they see themselves as a fucking star seed or whatever they whatever narrative they have of themselves, spirit, uh, spiritual being experiencing a human, whatever they try and cling to to feel special. That's what it comes down to. Everyone wants to feel special. And so they're clinging to illusions, not recognizing that the letting go of them and recognizing the truth of what you actually are doesn't exist on a pedestal, but it's all the pedestals. It's not about being on one that you build and fear getting torn down on. No, you're you're all the fucking pedestals. You're all of them, but you got to be willing to let go of the narrative, of the belief, of the thing that cuts you off from recognizing that you're all of them because that's where the freedom lies. That's where the peace truly lies. Everything else, just a, a sad second place, but we don't see the reality of, of what actually goes beyond, you know, as we let go of the false certainty that comes with clinging to the idea of ourself. We don't know what that's like. No one's talking about it, but we are. And, so I think that'll uh, give people who may be close to spiritual psychosis uh, an opportunity to recognize that that's not something they have to do because not everyone's doing it. It's interesting, right? In embracing that we're nothing, we start to recognize how much we're everything. But until then, we're only something because that's all we're thinking we are. So it really does cut us off. And that goes into our next subject, actually, in terms of self-discipline, because this is something I've spent a lot of time thinking about over the years, because discipline is such an interesting subject, because on the one hand, you can look at it as commitment. On the other hand, you can look at it as self-defining, where you're actually doing the David Goggins thing, where, yeah, you push yourself, but you also shame yourself if you're not doing that. And so for me, discipline is not that. That form of discipline is very egotistical. And contributes to that state of psychosis. So if we're talking about self-discipline in regards to psychosis, the real discipline is continuously knocking yourself down. The real discipline is continuously reminding yourself that everything your brain comes up with is an assumption, superficial at best, and allowing yourself to take what you understand without defining yourself with it and continue to progress without attaching to where you've been. That's the discipline. Every time you have a thought that makes you special and boosts you up, are you willing to question it, see the opposite side as equally true, or see both sides as not true at all because they're incomplete in themselves, and bring yourself back down to the ground where you are here now? 
that's the only real discipline. And it's something that Andrew and I have been talking about for four seasons. I've been trying to communicate this, that you're either committed to your path or you're not. Nobody can tell you how to be. Nobody can make this meaningful for you. Nobody can decide that you're done with suffering except you. And if you've decided, that is discipline. Maintaining that decision to go in in another direction, regardless of your habits, regardless of what you're used to doing, regardless of what you know. That's discipline. It's not something that you have to beat yourself to make happen, but it is certainly something that needs to have a priority to you. It's something that has to mean something to you. That all said, though, it also needs to be clear what it is you're doing. Some people are very committed to the spiritual path without recognizing the spiritual path they're committed to is actually the psychosis they've been committed to the entire time. Yeah, it always it always needs to mean something to you. And I think the only shift is what that thing is. Is it reinforcing the prison that you don't see is there or is it being free? And so when it comes to the typical mainstream discipline it's like why are you doing that what are you doing it for are you doing it to build the idea of yourself if so that's only reinforcing the illusion again but if you actually take discipline for a letting go of yourself for recognizing that you're never what you think you are there's just a constant state of questioning like self-discipline really just comes down to being willing to question yourself no matter how uncomfortable it gets That self-discipline is the willingness to question that self that you thought for so long you were using discipline to reinforce, to solidify. And so it's funny how self-discipline can be taken and like with everything, both like both ends of the spectrum, basically people can, depending on how you see yourself, which is what informs everything that you do is how you see yourself. So of course, self-discipline is going to be informed based on how you see yourself and have completely different needs and desires and outcomes based on how you see that self. And so I think it's very important to understand that as you have this discipline for the idea of yourself, it's not only that you're never what you think you are, but you're also basically everything that everyone else thinks you potentially might be like having that. We talked about that earlier today that, yeah, it's great letting go of the idea of you, but also having the, the wherewithal and the, the willingness when someone puts you down to say, Oh yeah, I get, I could see that you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. That's in there. Oh, I can certainly be an asshole. And there's almost like, uh, uh, coming to terms with that, that sets you free because when it's, when it's the whole spectrum, when you recognize the whole spectrum, but you have preferences about it, it cuts you off. Like the spectrum being the spectrum is being the flow. The flow has no preferences. The flow has no better or worse. It's just the flow. It's neutral. And so as you recognize yourself as neutral, you will be tapped into that flow. So recognizing your neutrality and everything is what self-discipline comes down to. It's a willingness to let go of the idea of what you cling to for that sense of self and a willingness to entertain any idea that anyone has of you and not deny it. 
because that's denying an aspect of the spectrum, an aspect of the flow, which is the reality of what you are. Because as you deny it, that just reinforces another identity. I'm not this. So you're saying that you're this? Well, that doesn't sound like recognizing that you're just reality happening. Sounds like you have preferences and are reinforcing that fucking illusion again. So have self-discipline and be willing to question it. I love that you mentioned that self-discipline could mean two different things to two different mentalities. And we kind of touched this briefly in our Instagram live earlier this morning that there really is a difference in the perspective. Andrew and I are never saying believe that we're one. We're never saying believe that you're God. We're never saying believe that you're awareness. If anything, we're really trying to break down those concepts all the time. So you're just left with yourself. And I understand that we're quite repetitive about that. And I know I am because it's deliberate. I'm always saying, but don't take any of that seriously. Yeah, but not, not really. And it's because you always have to do that. If you're going to maintain this conversation without causing toxicity that you don't intend. And it's just like Jesus was saying, you know, let those who have ears to hear, hear. Depending on the mentality that you're in, what you hear may not be what you think you hear. And this is what I'm saying about the two different perceptions of self-discipline. If you are trying to be something, if you're trying to be an idea, you're going to have a totally different perspective of self-discipline. You are trying to discipline yourself to become something which is a different self. That's your ego self. That's when you're in psychosis. Whereas self-discipline from the other perspective is to discipline yourself to just be what you've always been. And so you could be saying the same word to someone else and they will take it a different way based on whether or not they are actually in that psychosis. And they both sound like the same language really important to recognize this, that you could both be speaking English and speaking about two entirely different worlds, thinking that you mean the same thing. So do try and keep that in mind that recognizing when you're talking to yourself, if you're telling yourself a story, it doesn't feel much different as when you're in reality, except that you're talking to yourself. That's how you know you're not in reality. Yeah, because that lack of the narrative following you around without that you're just left where you're at. And that's always my barometer for any sort of belief or idea about what someone, Oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that maybe it's, you know, there's an old man sitting up in the sky judging everyone. It's like, do you need your mind to experience that perception of reality? Do you need thoughts in order to reinforce that idea? If yes, question that, question that always. And so the idea of yourself is another thing that you need your thoughts to do. If you couldn't think, if you couldn't use your mind, you would just be left where you're at here now being yourself. And so for me, self-discipline, spiritual psychosis just comes down to how lost in the thoughts, are you? Are you experiencing reality through thoughts or are you experiencing reality? Because if you're experiencing reality through thoughts, experiencing your idea of yourself through a perception, through a narrative, through something that can be built up or torn down, you're in a state of psychosis. And oftentimes that, that manifests as spiritual psychosis. 
if you're using any of these recognitions to try and feel better by yourself. And so at the end of the day, this self-discipline just comes down to recognizing when you're doing that and being willing to question no matter how uncomfortable you get. Like the David Goggins whole discipline side is about discomfort, but it's about a sort of forced physical discomfort that benefits you. What I see as self-discipline is a letting go of the need to do anything to build any idea of you because everything you're doing is questioning that idea, is a letting go of that idea. Because there's a fuckload more discomfort with that, I'll tell you that, than any sort of physical David Goggins type discipline out there. Letting go of you, the the what's been the crux of your reality for a very long time is arguably the most uncomfortable thing you can do. But that's what self-discipline really comes down to in my eyes. Absolutely. And you know that it is so difficult to do because of how few of us do it before we cling to another narrative. Our brain really doesn't like the idea of not knowing what it is and what's going to happen next. That lack of certainty drives our brain nuts. It immediately creates that sense of cognitive dissonance. It's really important to just recognize that because when you're focused on your ego, discipline is going to be an active effort. It's going to be something you're going to struggle with. When you recognize that self-discipline is allowing yourself to be what you are, then discipline becomes relaxation, which in my opinion is the best kind of discipline, which is the point I was trying to make earlier. Our typical view of discipline comes from a mentality of control, not understanding. It seems like a simple solution. You just got to push harder. Just got to focus more. But how much of yourself are you losing in that process? How much processing are you not able to do simply because you're focused on an illusion that is driving you to be quote unquote disciplined rather than just be yourself? Because then it has a priority to you. Then it means something to you. And if something means something to you without it coming from a sense of lack, nothing's going to stop you. Which is very much why dualistic unity is the way it is. It's why we do this as often as we do. Not because we're disciplined, because it means something to us. And you could say, wow, that's really disciplined. But we're not trying to be anything. That's why this keeps going. So it's counterintuitive, as always. That all said... I think that's the end of community topics number 23. I think we did a good job of covering both of these topics. I understand there is a lot more that we could have went into when it comes to spiritual psychosis. We could have talked about uh, mind-altering substances and their role in that. But in all honesty, it doesn't matter how you get to that state of spiritual psychosis. It matters what you do when you're in it. So we wanted to just cover that today. Self-discipline as well. I'm glad that we managed to cover that at the same time because they really do tie together. It really is up to you whether you live in an illusion or not. Just understand that. But that all said, thank you so much for joining us, Andrew, unless you have anything you'd like to toss in here at the end. Uh, Just that that was a fun one. I had no fucking idea that any of that self-discipline stuff was going to come up where we ended up taking that. But I, because when we started, I was like, uh, I know Ray said he sees the connection here. I don't. And then it it makes total sense after we're talking about it. Like self-discipline is the action that you take in order to avoid or reinforce spiritual psychosis, depending 
on how you see yourself. You know, it can reinforce the illusion or it can allow it to be let go of. So have self-discipline, let go of those fucking illusions. Beautifully said. That's the end of this episode. Do join us on Discord or Patreon if you would like to participate in the weekly vote for these community topics episodes. Of course, we do take the suggestions on Discord, but the vote itself takes place on Patreon. So if you have any questions, do reach out to us. But this has been a blast. As always, thank you to everybody who participated in this week's vote and suggestions. We will see you next week. Bye, everyone.